Hello and welcome to episode 6 of My Fancy Zamboni. Um, fingers crossed we don't get as many gremlins as we did last week. We apologise for the delay in getting out episode 5, uh, but that's now obviously available to view as well. Uh, we are joined today by Mr Gareth Dutton on the other side of the Pennines. Hi, Greth. You right there, Joe? I'm not too bad, mate. Um, and we're joined by a man who I know is going to ask me who is Gareth. Hello, Dave. Good evening, Joe. <laughs> Good evening. Um, so, uh, a much less eventful week in the Elite League, particularly compared to last week, certainly as Steelers fans. Um, so, let's, as in the words, the immortal words of um, Maria in The Sound of Music, just like we're going back to Austria again, Dave, um, let's start at the very beginning. Um, the fixtures that have just gone, Dave, I, uh, I believe you have a list for me. I do indeed, but one question, who is Gareth Dutton? Um... Question on so, many people's minds. Um, so we start on Saturday. Guildford uh, beat the Dundee Star 6-5. High-scoring game, that one. Cardiff Devils, um, in fairness to Manchester, good result for them only losing 4-1 to the Devils. Steelers losing um, to the Glasgow Clan 4-2. The Panthers defeated the Coventry Blades 3-0 at home. And the Belfast Giants defeated Milwaukee's Lightning 7-0 on the Saturday. On the Friday night, we had a couple of games. We had the Belfast Giants beating the Milton Keynes Lightning 5-1 and the Glasgow Climb on their, their homecoming fixture beating the Five Flyers 2-1. We then move on to Sunday and more goals, more incidents. And we go to the Dundee Stars. They lost to the Guildford Flames 4-2. The Coventry Blaze lost to the Belfast Giants 4-2. Milton Keynes somehow turned the books over, beat the Panthers 5-1. The Storm beat the Glasgow Clan 6-2 and the Five Flyers beat the Sheffield Steelers 4-1. Yeah, so um, eventful. Um, I think based on last week, I know that I certainly, looking back on those games, didn't get many of my predictions right, so maybe don't follow any of my predictions if you're, uh, if you're putting on any accumulators or any bets. Um, yeah, don't listen to this podcast for accumulators. We're awful. If, if anything, go the opposite way. If we say one team's going to win, go the other. It's probably a sure bet. Um, Gref, I mean, we'll start with you. What are your highlights from this weekend just gone? I think my high would obviously be the Manchester the Glasgow game. We just up down. We just like outstrengthed and dominated the game from. From the get go, I think they got like a, a big, like telling off the night before in Cardiff, where we had a, a four minute power play and we didn't get a single shot on goal. No disrespect to Cardiff, their defence was amazing during that PK. The only other thing about that game that was, it brought the the game down a little bit was when Fitzy went off injured. We are wishing the. I can speak for you guys as well. We are wishing the very best. Yeah. Hope we get he gets back. Perfectly fine, fit and healthy, being the the player that he is. I mean, looking looking at him when he came off the ice, he didn't. I don't think he could tell you what his name was, let alone the day of the week. Yeah. Um, no, definitely. I mean, it's never nice to see a player go down. Um, obviously, as you say, particularly with myself and Dave, obviously having the privilege of watching him in, in Sheffield for the last few years. Uh, but I mean, even you know, regardless of whether it's an ex-player, a player for your own team, or a player on a rival team, it's never nice to see a player go down. So yeah, just I'm sure Dave will do the same in echoing that what Gress just said. You know, we all wish him a speedy recovery. Um, 
Dave, moving on to yourself, what was your highlight of the weekend? I'm going to go with the Lightning. Um, after a horrible weekend in Belfast for them, the last team they probably would have wanted to play against their third game in three nights was the Nottingham Panthers. Then they just rock up to the home man, rock up to a 4-0 lead out of nowhere and just absolutely put the Panthers to the sword. And you know what? They've had a bad few weeks on the injury front. Lack of bodies through this and they struggled and the game obviously um, on the free sports one against Cardiff really showed that. So I think it's really good that they've been able to get just a good, not just a good result full stop, but a good result against one of the big teams. Um, and you know, you know, nearly... Uh, Valdix, Wallace uh, getting the points for them. Starting, you could see Wallace start producing uh, points in the Elite League. Um, just a good good result for them because, you know, it's, as daft as it sounds, as much as you play double header in Belfast, you normally don't play on a Sunday if you do a Friday, Saturday. To do a Friday, Saturday, then play a Sunday, not the, you know, it, it takes a bit out of you because they're playing a, a good team and a physical team in Belfast. So they'll, they'll, they'll be a bit weary on the Sunday. So my highlights to the Milton Keynes Lightning, fair play to them. Yeah, no, <clears throat> bang on. I know that the, the result obviously didn't come in. I thought that they might split the, slip, split the points in Belfast. Obviously, Belfast doing their best attempt at outscoring them massively to make sure that doesn't happen. Uh, but no, a cracking result for them to come back and beat the Panthers like they did. Certainly, um, with the rivalry between the Steelers and Panthers historically, certainly softened the blow of the uh, a zero-point weekend as a Steelers fan. Um, yeah, I mean, in fairness, I kind of half follow on from that. Obviously, as you say, Lightning played the two games in Belfast. I've got to say my highlight is, is similar, and for the same reason, is, is the Giants, um, the three results for them. Obviously, a 7-0 thrashing on the Saturday, uh, being the main one of the three results. I mean, seeing the big the, the three big boys come to town, uh, you know, you see Darcy Murphy bag three goals, and then you see uh, Patrick Dwyer and Kyle Bowne bagging a brace each. So to see a 7-0 result with only three goal scorers is... Um, is fairly rare, but um, you know they've, they've really come to town to make sure that Milton Keynes don't get the points. But obviously a 5-1 win, <clears throat> pretty convincing on the Friday, 5-1 win against Lightning. And then as you say, Dave, to have played those two games in Belfast, then to travel to Coventry, a 4-2 win in Coventry as well to make it a six-point weekend for the Giants. I think it's a, uh, a stellar performance and some stellar results from them. And in a building which the home team's been on a, a good run of form, so a very much an impressive result for the Giants. Um, you know, any good result, three, third game of three is good. But in Coventry, where they had a really good run of form recently, I'm, I'm just, if it went in the Latin, that would have been a, a good pick because that is a very good result for the, the Belfast Giants. Yeah, I absolutely, completely agree. Um, well, I mean, you know, there, there, there obviously is three picks from the weekend. Obviously, I'm sure there are a lot more. Uh, by all means, let us know the interesting things that you've seen um, and that you've, you know, if, you, if there's anything that you think we've missed out. Um, but you know the results as they are we've seen every team can beat every team so far this year and uh, Dave it, it certainly led to uh, to an interesting league standing so far so maybe slightly different certainly to how we would have wanted to see it yeah I mean I, I'd like to say that this is just um, uh, you know Sheffield um, showing its strength by holding the rest of the league up uh, propping the table but uh, in all fairness, it's what fans across the UK have wanted. They've wanted a league with a bit of parity and teams that can compete. Cardiff, you know, you look to the resume, they were going to always going to compete. Um, Belfast were, Nottingham were, and I think in time Sheffield will. If we're honest, I think they will. And we're talking in the mix, in time. But to see the likes of Guildford get very good results and 
as we speak now, they're playing uh, in Belfast, and at the last time I saw there was one all. Um, to see five get good results, to see you know to see Manchester picking up a few, so they done date, you know. So we mentioned you know eight or nine um, of the teams there to, to really have a league of that calibre. I, you know, I, I think is good, and whoever way the standings are, you know, it's going to lead for a lot of excitement. Yeah, absolutely. And as you, as you say, you know, it's, it's always great to have a league where everybody can beat everybody. Um, it's certainly proved to be panning out that way already. Um, Gref, I mean, one team in particular that we picked out to maybe be the underdogs this year, to be the, uh, the most underwhelming team on paper. And, and in fairness, the one that I think unanimously across yourself, Dave, myself and obviously Andy, who's not available today... Um, you know, across all the forums, I think unanimously we all said that we thought Coventry were going to be in the bottom three. Um, and as we speak, they now sit above Sheffield and they sit above the Storm. Um, what, what's your impression, obviously, of that and obviously of, of the league table as a whole? I think the, with the, the two key signings of the, the new netminder and then Crowder as well, that's definitely pushed them up into a, a good spot. The six in the moment in the league, that's brilliant for them. Not for us, obviously, but for them as a fan base that's brilliant hopefully they'll make the playoffs this year which will be always good to see especially considering how well they do when they get to the playoff finals weekend if they make it through yeah absolutely and obviously yeah Right now, there looks to be a bit of a contention. Is there? Obviously, if you were going to take it right now, there's obviously uh, there's five teams stuck on six points, yourselves included, uh, for the Storm, Grethen, and obviously Sheffield are included as well in those five teams, all stuck on six points. So right now, I mean, it could go anywhere. Uh, Dave, I mean, it's a little bit hard to read, isn't it, sometimes? You know, not necessarily to see us at the bottom. That's not kind of where I'm going with that. Although, obviously, that is quite hard to swallow. Um, it's a little bit hard to read at the moment as to where it's going to go. Obviously, you've got Nottingham at the top of the league, 10 games played, 14 points. But then, obviously, I mean, the next next down is Cardiff, six games. So they've got four games in hand. Five have got five games in hand. Obviously, we're at that point in the season where... There's, a, there's about four or five games in between some some teams and it makes it that little bit harder to place as to where they're going to be. It, it is difficult to, to read as who's going to finish what. Um, and normally the first month and a half gives you that read. Uh, one thing, it, and it, it drove me crackers for ages, let's be fair, how can you have a team with ten games and then a team with five? You could understand seven, eight, nine... But the difference between them, them five games, stupid. And I think that there has to, this has to be some that change in terms of scheduling um, for next year. You, for me, you just can't. I just it, it screws everything up, and I just don't think it's right. You're gonna have then the you know the games sort of built in Saturday, Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday. And, you know, it, for five in particular, it'll, it'll harm the product because players have just been knackered uh, going there. So, but moving this alongside that. It is, it is difficult to read. I mean, you've got a lot of teams clustered between, uh, you know, if you look at it, there's one, two, three, four, five teams with three points in between. Um, there's about another four teams. Uh, sorry, there's five teams, one, six, one with seven. So there's a huge close gap already. Um, what to consider is injury books that will bite is who, which team can, you know, withstand and, and flourish from there. Um, and just loss of form. Each team will have that, you know, through whatever reason. So it's, it's how the teams can, you know, build and move around. I mean, I know Sheffield's not done that very well 
if we're if we're bluntly honest. Uh, and let's just say one thing: if the league was to finish and the playoffs started tomorrow, Sheffield would it be in the postseason? Years ago, a few years ago, it was a massive thing that Cardiff didn't make the postseason because you always go Cardiff, Cardiff, Cardiff. And the one year when it all just went belly up, Cardiff didn't make the postseason. And that was just a massive what on earth has got off here. Now, I think I don't think that'll happen. I hope to God it won't happen. But just imagine that for a second. Everyone says, you know, Dundee's and the Milton Keynes and, and the Fives and all, and sometimes the Manchester and that. But just imagine, one of the big arena teams, not even met the, not even met the quarterfinals, never mind the final four. Yeah, I can certainly say that my um, influx of, of money spent at Bunkers over the playoff final weekend may take a bit of an increase if that's the case. Um, but yeah, no, it's. It, do you know, it's certainly looking interesting right now. Um, and as, as we say, anybody can anybody can finish anywhere. I mean, um, Gref, I'll ask you a question, obviously I'll bring it back to Dave as well. I mean, for me at the moment, obviously the Panthers look, when you hit the initial site, they look to be running away with it. And, you know, four points in front of Cardiff, I appreciate it's not a marathon in front, but in fairness, we're only a few games into the season. Um, but then you look at the games, obviously Cardiff have got eight, four games in hand, that's potential eight points. So realistically, that could put them the four points above. Now, Fife are actually the team that have surprised me right now. Um, I mean, they're the ones that look to be in the driving seat. They've got four wins and one overtime loss. They haven't got a single regulation loss yet. Uh, and they've got a win percentage of 90%. Um, you know, looking at that league table, Gref, who would, who would be your favourite to win the league right now? I don't mean the one that you'd want to win, but looking at that, and obviously I appreciate it's difficult, I know that it's jumping the gun a little bit early on in the season, but if you were going to hedge your bets now, go down to Labbrooks and pop a fiver bet on somebody to win the league outright, who would you put it on if you were going to go down right now? If I could go down right now, I'd probably, I'd probably stop around Cardiff. Their, their playing style is just, it's brilliant. They're, they're going to be brilliant on the PK, on the power play, just as a whole. They play so much better hockey than some some teams in the league. Yeah, no, no, I mean, in fairness, they certainly stepped up the recruitment as well, obviously bringing in players like Mike Hedden, um, who's obviously had an effect so far. So, yeah, no, in fairness, as, as much as, I, and I, I reiterate it again, I mean, it's, you don't, as, as people, as fans of the league, you know, you never. It's never nice to see a team run away with it every year, unless it's your own, obviously. Um, you know, in fairness, I think sitting and looking at it right now, as a Steelers fan, Greth, I'm sure you'll put this over social media of here. Joe says he's a Panthers fan again. I'm not a Panthers fan, but in fairness, was that to go this season? I would probably rather see the Panthers take the league than the Devils. It's never nice to see a team that's not yourself do a three-peat. Obviously, showing that Cardiff are doing something well, and that Todd Kelman and, and Andrew Lord are doing are doing good things down there. Um, but in fairness, Gref, I, you know I can't disagree with you, Dave. I mean, same question to you: Who would you put your five pound on if you were going to put that bet on right now? I've got to agree with Gref uh, and yourself, Panther Joe. Um, I can only see the uh, the Devils doing it. Um, again, the style of play is is good, um, not only to watch but it's effective. Um, but you know. You look at their CHL campaign, and yeah, they're, they're not going to make the knockout stage, which was their aim, but you look at their games they've played, and that has just gave them, for me, such a jump. Put, you know, <clears throat> some of the key things, and, and you can count the Steelers both times, the Clan uh, and the Panthers, not including last year's, the Panthers' first year in the CHL, when they've played well, they've had to raise a game, that dropped back to the Elite League, 
shown significantly. Cardiff haven't done that yet. And normally within a month, it happens. Cardiff haven't dropped yet. And after last night's performance, and I know we'll talk a bit more, I just can't see that happening as it stands now. I, I you know, yes, Nottingham are ahead. Cardiff are in a good position just to keep playing, keep winning games, win the battles, win the big games against the likes of the, the Panthers, the Giants, the Steelers. Yeah, I... I, I I don't want to see him do it. I'll be honest with you, but I can't see anybody but the Devils uh, completing the three-peat. Yeah, I hate that phrase at the moment, the three-peat. As a Penguins fan who genuinely thought we might do that with the Stanley Cup, kind of puts a bit of a bitter taste in my mouth. But yeah, no, as I say, I'm in agreement with both of you there. I can't see anybody else doing it right now. I mean, in fairness, I'd be happy if we could turn our season around and even start to make Cardiff sweat, or if any other team could make Cardiff sweat, because the... The, the their ability at the moment and their playing style would just is is just a step above and I know at the start of the season Paul Thompson was criticised obviously he said that um you know he wanted to bridge the gap between us and Cardiff maybe not quite gone the way that he wanted with that but you know he was slated for it people said oh shouldn't we be trying to beat Cardiff but there is a there is a visible gap and there has been for the last couple of years I mean a team doesn't run away with the league at the standard that it is now unless. Do you know they've got something about them? So I, I think the only bridge that we was able to get was the one over the seven, the, the River Seven. Um, the team that could compete so far has been the Panthers, and even they—I know they beat them midweek in the the free spots game, but even that that took a third period outstanding hockey fun to, to turn it around. I just can't see anything. I just, I just can't see it being anybody but the Devils. I think there could be another league title banner raising ceremony next year. I don't want to say, I don't want to say that because I want to, I don't, I want to see Sheffield to do it or someone else to do it. You know, because it's good for other teams to to spread the wealth, as it were. But the way they're playing so far, I just can't see anybody else. Yeah. So, I, I, do you know, I'll go to flip side. Then, obviously, we we gave our three teams at the start of the year that we thought were going to be missing out on the post season. Um, I can't remember who we said if I'm perfectly honest I believe teams down there would have been Coventry I think Manchester was mentioned at one point and maybe Glasgow I don't know if you guys can uh, can remember I think they yeah. were the three that we all kind of those, those, were, those were our three um, yeah. I know Graf didn't mention Manchester but I know both myself and yourself Joe that mentioned uh, Manchester, Glasgow and uh, Coventry so reassessing now obviously based on not necessarily the league table as it is because obviously it's, it's early doors but reassessing based on what we've seen so far from the teams the results maybe the times that they visited you know either to, to play the Storm or the Steelers who are we thinking now guys obviously Gref who, we'll start with you who would you go with your bottom three bottom three I'd, I'd go with MK and then probably Dundee even though they're playing some good hockey they're not getting the points they need. And for the third one, I'd probably say Clan. Still. Dave, are you, uh, are you in agreement with Gref? Are you going to make any changes? I think Dundee will. I think Dundee will still do it. Um, I think Milton Keynes will be in the, the, the bottom three. Um, who else would I go? I still think Manchester. Um, now it'd be foolish to not say this sadly but if we're going on what we've seen so far it's a fair 
fair to say that probably even the Steelers could be in that bottom three and miss out. I we don't know what's going to happen, and there's a lot of hockey to be played. And you know, five could have a downhill um, trend. Coventry could go off the wagon. Steel could maybe even jump up. Um, but as we speak, as the, on the base of the question, um, maybe maybe even Steelers. But like I said, ask the question in a month's time, and that may be different. Yeah, yeah, sounds good to me. I'm, uh, I'll go different to both of you. In fairness, I, I, I agree. In fairness, I think the one we're unanimous in is, is Milton Keynes. Um, it's nothing against them as a team. I, I just think they've kind of come out, come off slow. They've, uh, you know, they've maybe come out of the blocks a little bit slower than normal. Um, Dundee, I, I agree with you, Dave. I think they're still going to do it. I think they've got the goalie between the pipes to, um, to push them forward as a team. They've got people like Bouchard. Um, that can put the points up. I, I think they've still got the team to do it. I just think maybe they've they've had a bit of a slower start or a, a couple of games that have let them down a little bit. But I still think they can get up there. Um, I've got to say, so I'll go with the Milton Keynes. I will go with Glasgow clan, I think. Um, and I'll go with Guildford. It may be a bit of a different one. Uh, but in fairness... I, I, you know, Guildford, Guildford for me are going to be make or break. I think they'll finish top half of the league, or they'll finish in the bottom three. I know there's not a great deal of difference between the two. I know there's only a couple of slots, but I do think Guildford are either going to carry on on a decent form, or they're going to drop off, similar to Milton Keynes did last year. So, I, you know, my teams at the moment will be Guildford, Milton Keynes, and Glasgow. Um. So yeah, I mean, in fairness, I think we've done the uh, we've done the league table to death. But moving on to something. Very, very similar. Um, in terms of stats, in terms of the people that are putting up the points, and in fairness, I've got to say, um, feeling kind of happy looking at this based on the fact that a lot of these players are the players that we picked out as some of the ones to watch. Um, they're some of the ones to watch at the start of the season when um, do you know when we, when we were. Analyzing the teams, Dave. Have you? Uh, do you know? Have you, have, have you got the? Have you got the table in front of you? Do you know? I mean, in fairness, some of I, them I think you could probably guess. Um, I, I have indeed. Um, and again, you look at the players who are in the top ten, and there's just no surprises really. You know, it plays. You know, we, we mentioned in in the preview of the season: Kovacs, Dwyer, um, Pope, Crowder, Guptill, Hertebees, Josh Pitt. Um, uh, and Redick and Dunbar and Piffer are in the top 10. Nine points for uh, Piffer on 10th place, going up to 13. But your goal scorer was Piffer. Um, uh, so you have six goals. Uh, same with Pitt. Um, you know, players that we all said would come up to the party have come up to the party. Um, and, you know, they've entertained. Um, they've, they've done well. They've scored some really good goals. We've had some you know, highlight reels already. A month and a half into the season, it's uh, but you've got a good pace of players, so you're not just like two or three that are striding away, you've got like 10, 15. And if 10, 15 players maybe had five that find some form, um, or who come into the country and just really ride off adrenaline and everything else, if you've got 20, 30 players that's going to be banging goals and assist left, right, center, my god, we're going to have a good season, yeah, sir. We certainly are. Um, it certainly looks like that as well. I mean, uh, in fairness, for me, one of the guys that we highlighted as um, as one to watch, and one that, in fairness, I would have actually put even higher than he was, is Luke Pither. Um, it doesn't surprise me to see Patrick Dwyer sitting in second place. 
Um, in fairness, I'd have him and Pither fighting it out for the top. So in fairness, Justin Kovac sitting in the top place, uh, 10 games, 13 points, he really is uh, you know, an achievement. But in fairness, I mean, Pither, Gup, Till and Herchibis, um and Kovac's obviously all sitting up there in the top 10 for, for Nottingham. It really does show why they're currently sitting at the top of the table. Um, Gref, obviously for yourselves, I mean, when you've got Luke Moffat sat in 14th, um, you've maybe had a few injuries that may have slowed yourselves down a little bit in terms of point scoring. But what, what do you think in terms of um, you know the points table so far? Is there anybody there that you didn't expect to see? Is there somebody there? That, sorry, is there somebody not there that you would have expected to see up there on the table? What what? How do you think it's turned out so far? I think so far this season it's gone as pretty much what you said. Uh, the players that we've played out would be ones to watch. Yeah. They're already up there. I mean, I've watched Luke Piffer a few times this season, and he's unreal. I mean, I've not seen Patrick Dwyer in person yet, but it's got to have some some confidence about him to try and, and even score like that goal that he scored. That's a no goal. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I absolutely. In fairness, you know what? Actually, we'll we'll loop back round to what you what you said there. I mean, um. What, what do we think about that, guys, as a whole? I throw it was open as more as a forum rather than asking you directly. What do we think? Do we think it was a goal? Do we think it was a no goal? What, what, what would you have done if you were wearing the stripes? No goal. Kids cheating. You know, it's terrible. But realistically, <laughs> do you know what? It was a no goal. Referee will have lost sight of it. But he's entertained. And at the end of the day, hockey is a sport, but it's in the entertainment industry. And you're telling me that no one watched that video and actually had a bit of a smirk and just gone, that's a bit stupid, but that's where you laugh, it's where you giggle. It's entertained. Sports family face. It's, he's not trying to get an advantage. If the referee's got a goal, then that says more for the referee. But in my eyes, right, I no goal, it was washed off. And in fairness, apparently, for those at the game, everyone was just like, yeah, it's not going to happen, we'll have a face off. They checked it, but everyone's like, yeah, it's not going to happen. So everyone knew we weren't going to be a goal. Yeah, that was a bit of fun. We all, say, we, we all say we want carrots, we all say we want a bit of fun. We have a bit of fun. And that's what's pretty weird. It's a bit of fun. And that's, it's made people smile. It reminded me of the, the Mike Smith incident against Buffalo a few a good amount of years ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, that I, was passing the goal. Yeah. Well, you know. Well, he must have clearly cheated. Ford must have clearly cheated. The other thing for me, though, with it as well is, I mean, in fairness, if you're going to take it literally... Um, you know, you look at if, if in fairness, the guy's he's gone across the crease. So in fairness, you've got man in the crease there as an option. You could even, for, to an extent, argue that the potential for goalie interference to be argued. I know that he didn't touch the goalie, but unless the goalie was going to give him a smack on the backside, I don't really think there was any way that he was going to be able to make that save. So you know, I I I don't think anybody's going to disagree with it. I know that it was kind of put across in the social media and. And you know, in the in the media and PR coming out of Belfast, of no goal in inverted commas, as if it should have been. Obviously, the commentator at the time thought the whistle hadn't gone and it's over the line. It should be a goal. I, I kind of agree with the stripes at this point, and I, I don't often, but um, it, it it shouldn't have been a goal. But when you're seven nil up, why not give you a chance to get? Um, you know, why not why not give yourself a chance to uh, to make it onto the NHL network in terms of being talked about? Because it's been shared by the NHL, it's been shared across in North America in, in in numerous leagues and platforms. I know that the NHL and NBC platform also shared it. So to get that kind of uh, to get that kind of coverage. Why not? And as I say, you're 7-0 up as well. Have a bit of a laugh. Um, yeah, I must admit, 
walking at one of the guys who works for Giants, he, he puts them out on the, on LinkedIn, and it's just some of the organisations, like I said, you know, the Hockey News, ESPN, um, NBC Sport, TSN, uh, even the the Slovakian uh, networks, all giving this coverage. And do you know, as it sounds, for, for a no goal, to give Belfast some superior coverage uh, of their of their club and their brand. So, uh, do you know what? They've, they've used it well, if I'm honest. Uh, so, fair play to him. And I can just quantify, I didn't think the guy was cheating. Um, <laughs> in terms of, I, I don't think he was cheating. I think he had a bit of fun uh, with that one. So, I just want to put my position there uh, um, as it is. It would have been a great story to cap off a hat-trick for him, though, wouldn't it? I mean, bagging a brace already. And then, can you imagine if that had been his hat-trick goal? Oh, that would have been one to tell your kids when he uh, to, <laughs> to tell the kids when he grows up and to tell his uh, to, you know, to tell to tell around the uh, to tell around the dinner table. Um, but yeah, no, um, yeah, certainly, certainly looking interesting. But as I say, it's uh, it, you know it's probably quite a nice thing for us to look at. Obviously, as we say, picked out a few players at the start of the season, and the majority of those players that we picked out are sat there up top. Um, a sour well, side to mention. Sorry, to Joe, but uh, top goal scorer at the moment. Um, it's from none of the teams in the arena, guys. It's, it's Bulldog for five with seven goals um, in, in five league games. That's a very good start uh, ratio-wise. That's That could be really dangerous if he can continue that run of form. Yeah, absolutely. One of the main, one of the many reasons that obviously Fife are, um, are doing so well in the league at the moment. Obviously, Shane Owen pulling the stops off at the back as well. So, um, But yeah, no, absolutely. I, I mean, the thing that I was going to say was, as a Steelers fan, one of the things that may be a little bit harder to swallow... Um, the three that moved well obviously you know, not including Cole Shudra but the three that moved from the Steelers to Milton Keynes I'm seeing two of them in the top 20 point scorers and all three in the top 30 um, you know um, Eric Neely just missing out in the top 10 he's 11th 9 points in 8 games uh, Andreas Valdix is 8 points from um, from 8 games and then we moved down I mean in fairness Tim Wallace is sat at 27 which I don't think any Steelers fan would have ever guessed. They don't, you know, he didn't necessarily have the best season when he played for us. Um, not necessarily the nicest thing to see as a Steelers fan, but it's nice to see the guys, set, you know, settling down a little bit more and putting the points up as he was expected to. No, definitely, and you know, he did work out Sheffield for for Tim Wallace in particular, but his resume and his stats suggested that he could he, you know, he cannot, he's not just a, a kid who can play the game he, he's got something about him so for him to start showing it um, you know, Milton Keynes not only good for him but also good for Milton Keynes um, they've, they've got some good players in, the, in, in that uh, quartet including uh, Cole um, but it's good more particularly for uh, for Tim Wallace to, to start to climb up the uh, scoring charts yeah absolutely Um well, in fairness, I mean, you know, some would say that that was a bit of a mistake made by Sheffield. Obviously, we've not had the best start. Um, obviously, I, when I say the mistake, obviously letting the three players go. I know I've seen a lot in the social media now that the results haven't been going our way. People saying, oh, we should have kept them. Maybe a bit of a mistake from Sheffield. We've not had the best start. Last week, um, you know, yourself and, uh, and myself, Dave, were both sat here saying, if we can stay out of the news for a week, we'll be happy. Um and then bang, yesterday, Steelers have signed Tom Barrasso as their head coach. Um, and I'm pretty sure, I mean, my eyes lit up as a Penguins fan. Uh, I'm not quite sure what Greths did as a Buffalo fan, but as also a Manchester fan. Greth, what did you think when you initially saw that? When I initially saw it, I thought, wow. 
a team in the Elite League's actually been able to pull off a two-time Stanley Cup winner. Like, first overall, it was like fifth overall in the first round, 1983. He's, he's, he's like one of the... Very few players that have actually gone from high school straight into the NHL. He's not done like any major junior leagues or college. He went straight into the NHL. And when you look at his coaching statistics as well, Carolina, in the KHL as well, and then over to Italy. That's that's going to be hopefully that'll be great for you for you guys, not just from a head coach perspective, but also. Being a former goalie himself, he'll do wonders for Jackson and also for Brad. Yeah, absolutely. That's the hope. I mean, um, you know, the guy came in in 83-84. He won the Calder Trophy, um, obviously Rookie of the Year. Uh, but also he picked up a Vezina Trophy as well, the best goalie in the NHL. So certainly, as you say, Gareth, hopefully, you know, he'll pick up on the development of Brad Day and Jackson Whistle. Dave, what 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 do we think towards that side of things? Obviously, he's been a bit, he's been a goalie coach as well a little bit in his career. Obviously, we signed him as the head coach, but what do we think from the perspective of, of what he's going to bring to the goalies first? I'll just say one thing before I go on to that. Um, you always get news and people messaging saying, oh, "Have you heard this?" I was getting messages in a couple of phone calls saying, "Have you heard the news?" Um, and these are for people who a don't know the message, but b aren't Sheffield fans. I think the signing itself has brought. Uh, a fair bit of positive buzz to the, to the Sheffield camp. But looking, you know, the guy's over 300 wins in the NHL. He's been an NHL goalie coach. He's also been the, you know, the goalie coach of the KHL. His, his league's where he's learnt his trade and, you know, learns against other like-minded coaches, you know, other goalie coaches and, and other players and, and just the experience that he'll have got, not just from learning as a coach, but his own. I think Jackson Whistle and Brad Deer have felt very, very lucky as a a, um, a PC version uh, to, to describe how they've done because you know they're going to be learning off a guy that you know if we're honest I think there's only really Cardiff that have a net-minded coach uh, in Dan Brabham who's very good um, and, and has obviously gotten working well as, as their results can testify um, but to have now someone not just of a, a quality resume but also net-minding resume is going to do wonders for, for Whistle and, and Brad Day and also I think will help Whistle in terms of the workload um, you know, you're looking at his stats, and people go, "Oh, they're, they're you know, three point two goals against, and just under point uh, nine hundred save percentage." But then look at the number of saves he's having to make. I think this will help him clear his, you know, help his game, which is already good. You know, let's be fair. You know, he's been the Sheffield Steelers' best player, if we're bluntly honest. So to then add now a piece to his game of someone with that experience I think his game is going to flourish even more and I think it's going to be exciting times uh, for Sheffield fans to see how Whistle develops as well as Brad Day Brad Day will learn a heck of a lot um, and will help his own game uh, you know you may see that level of experience help him and move him to say you know you know what you're going to get 5-10 games starting we're going to just go you know what Jackson sit down have a breather put your feet up Brad do it I think you know that's the type of signing that could help their game move to that level yeah, I mean, in fairness, you know what, that was going to be my exact next question. Um, it was going to be, obviously, the NHL, we see they don't have a first, well, obviously they have starter and a backup, but maybe not to the same definition that we have in the Elite League. Um, you know, as, as obviously, as, as we've seen many a time, you know, you, you often see 
goalies and uh, so starters and backups maybe share the net 70-30 or 60-40 compared to what you see in the elite league obviously as, as the backup plays if the, if the starter can't. Um, do we think that's what's going to happen this year obviously as we, we bring in um, Barrasso obviously be, having that NHL experience obviously he'll have been on the other side of the coin he'll be the goalie as well that were there um, and that was obviously the one that was having to split his um, you know to split his time do we think that that's going to be the case that um, do we think that that's going to be the case that we're going to be seeing the net shared a little bit more I, I don't um, only because the way the league is in respect of it's all about finishing first um, I think if you had um, it all down to position for playoffs I think you would see a more balanced percentage of games played um, what one um, quote from a from a coach in the Elite League recently was he would take a, a netminder who was 80% his starting netminder if he was, was 80% he'd take him over backup who was 100% because every point counts. You drop a point, you then you know you're chasing the eight ball. Um, so I don't think you're going to see that soon. If you change and, and the league becomes more playoff orientated, so more best of threes, best of fives, um, or whatever, however system you want to do to have the final four, or whatever, I think you'll then see your backups have more games um, because you're going to you know instead of riding throughout the season, you're going to ride them in the playoffs. So yeah, it, for me, it, it takes a change of ideology for it to become the backup play in 10, 15 games, 20 games in a six-game season. Yeah, so what do you think, Greth? Obviously, as, uh, as Dave already says, you know, do you think that the the league format and maybe our preference as British fans, maybe being a bit more football-orientated as well and, and obviously being, you know, having that side of things, do you think having the, the preference to win the league over the playoffs and the Challenge Cup is, is maybe damaging the development of British goalies at the moment because we can't risk them for 10, 15 games because... Because maybe a couple of those games may be the difference between a league win and a, and a finish in second. Yeah, I totally agree with both of you on that one. It's you over here for the league. It's your league is your main priority. You play fifty odd games, whilst you play off, you play four games at a max. So it's it's not really good for the backup because if you play the backup in there for like at least one of the games where you you may lose and that's the, the game that's actually cost you the league that's not really good unfortunately that's how it, it, it is over here unfortunately yeah it's true and, and as you say it's a bit of a shame obviously to see um, you know it does kind of concern me what we're going to do when, when the likes of Ben Bounds and Jackson Whistle aren't you know maybe getting a bit older and, and are starting to retire from from certainly playing national um, level, what what we're we gonna do? Because you know, right now we don't have any development for those British goalies. We're not putting them in the games, and and I, and I think one of the things that maybe needs to change for us to start doing that, as you say, is is either increasing the time that we we spend on playoffs, as you say, Dave, having it as a best of three or a best of five, or even just as you know, we just need to shift that ideal and start having it as you know, we don't prioritize the league quite as much. One bizarre thing could benefit goalie is uh, obviously next season, theoretically, sh- uh, the UK should be out of, of the EU. And therefore, an argument to say that the Challenge Cup should be for the Brit goals only has been restriction of trade. So, you know, that's a bit of left field, but it could help them. I'll be honest with you, I, I think that, you know, the Challenge Cup game should be give it to the British goalies. And yeah, it gives 
you know, whoever has bounce and whistle the advantage. But I think it'll give them the ten. Oh, were the ten games um, just yet, the, the the game experience to help them and their development? Yeah, and also, I mean, I guess the thing is they have to decide how they do it as well because at the same time, if they're playing, you know, if, if we're playing bounce, if whistles getting played in those, obviously because they're British, you're not getting your back up that much development. So, in fairness, the longer in the league, it could affect you if then bounce or whistle get injured. You know, maybe the other teams would be able to develop that depth. So it does. It does kind of lead to a bit of a tactic in that as well. And it could come round to bite them on the backside if that was obviously the way that it was going to get run. Um, but you know, it'd be interesting to see how it goes down the line. I mean, recapping it and bringing it back round to Barasso. Obviously, we, we're taking a bit of a wide berth on that. But um, but you know, it's always something good to consider. Um, do we think that Barasso? And I'll ask this to both of you. Do we think that Barasso has what it takes? Has obviously not necessarily just the pedigree but has the backing, has the ability to turn round the season that the Steelers have had so far and maybe change your prediction, Dave, and obviously move them up from that bottom three to start off with? Yes. Generally do. Um, you asking a couple of people um, who I know in Italy who've watched him, his team's coaching, obviously, is a fan of Asiago. Um, they were not just impressed by his style of play, but also his, his diligence to... To, to, to the hockey you know to, to make sure everyone was correct everyone was right not just by chance so if you look at the, the type of players that the Steelers have got I think he's going to maybe you know find a way of opening you know the, the genie you know and making them better players making them find that confidence to get the goals and to, to bring the Steelers from 11th up to 5th 4th 3rd 2nd and you know whoever and however they may you know he may be somehow might, might to go on a, a 40 game winning streak daft as that sounds but something just to get the points and really go up the table you never know um, I do think he'll turn it around though I think in a month's time I think we'll say yeah my change in prediction that will be that the Steelers won't be in the bottom three they will be in the playoffs um, I think the next one's going to be very exciting and what a game from to start in Nottingham yeah absolutely certainly a good way to start and it will certainly put Shurnham as to the test as well Um Griff, I mean, I'll ask you the same question. Obviously, Dave was, was pretty certain in his opinion there that he obviously thinks that he'll, he'll turn it around. I have to say, on the whole, I, I agree. I think that we've got the players behind the squad um, that should be putting the points up on the board. And, and I think that Barassa will adopt that kind of no-nonsense approach. So I do kind of think he'll either get the best of the players and the players that he isn't getting the best of, he'll ship them out and bring in a player that he can get the best of. What what do you think? Do you think he's got what it takes to turn the, the season around for the Steelers and, and as it as it were turn the league table upside down and send the Steelers up to the top end? I think he will turn it around, but I don't think he'll turn it around to the, the very best that you think you can get out of the players. Uh, I think you won't be challenging this year for the title, but I think come next season you're still here with some recruitment that it, he'll be able to bring over. That's going to be one hell of a, a team for you guys. Yeah, absolutely. That was my first reaction when I saw it. He'd signed was I hope that whoever's finally got him to put pen to paper is um, you know has got him to do it for multiple years um, because it, it certainly is one of those things. You know, at the moment it may be a case of turning the season round, maybe starting to make Sheffield look towards getting a Challenge Cup, start to make Sheffield looking towards contesting for the playoffs. And then obviously rebuild next year when when he's got his own off season to build his own team. But it'll certainly be interesting how it you know how it goes. Um, 
You know, moving on from Barasso, because obviously I'm conscious that we've talked a lot of Steelers news over the last few days, um, we'll say, because obviously we only recorded at the back end of last week. So I'll move on from Barasso <coughs> on to the Cardiff Devils um, and the CHL. Dave, I know that you are um, very much a CHL enthusiast in that respect. You like to see the tournament, you like to give it a watch. What is your opinion of, of obviously, the way that the CHL as a whole has gone this year and how it's gone for the Devils? Um, well, we'll go to the devil secondary, but I think the season itself has been very good. Um, great results across the board, and you know, just looking at the table of teams that have qualified, you've got in many. There's only I think there's two groups out of eight that their both qualifying positions have done with one game to go. So the, the the games are open. It's wide open. It's great hockey um, for the Devils. You know what? You you have to tip your cap to them. They have done fantastic. Their four games against Bern um, and Salzburg, they gave everything and they fell short. Um, not what they wanted, but the performances were fantastic. I think it's showing uh, in the league campaign so far. Last night, they went away to, to Vecho, um, as the, the Lord Mayor of Vecho did a video about and how he pronounced them, um, and played outstanding. It was only until the last few minutes where um, Vecho got the, the third goal that you know, confirmed the result. Vexhell were hoping to have a slim chance of qualifying for the the CHL knockout stage, which has been dampened tonight. Salzburg getting the one point to now give them um, the second berth um, into the, the playoff section. But you know, Cardiff have done fantastic. They've they've not only represented themselves outstanding, they've represented the elite league outstanding. And it's continuing that trend of curve of people saying, Do you know what, the elite league isn't that much of backwater anymore. It's not the SHL, it's not the league, it's not the DEL, it's not the KHL. But it's not that backwater where you just go to just, you know, kill your career off. It's a, it's a, it's a league now that's becoming a bit more recognised, more serious. And I think that's going to be good for the um, for the rest of the teams in the elite league and the next teams that go into the CHL because they're going to have to bring their A games. I mean, remember last year when uh, Vexho went to Cardiff, rested players... Uh, and got destroyed and the local press didn't like it one bit and I suspect next week when they go over to Cardiff I can't see them doing the same mistake of referencing any of their players even though it is a bit of a dead rubber game I mean just going through some of the groups um, you know and one that uh, will have a Greff's interest um, in this group A for Lunda after an awful season last year both domestically and in the CHL have uh, qualified um, for the playoff stage Zurich Lions which is uh, a Swiss team uh, a point away from doing it so they um, are at home to uh, Vienna Capitals uh, so this should be an interesting game in Group B um, Red Bull Munich and Malmo have qualified surprisingly uh, TPS have, have, have fell short but Jonas Minsk have done outstanding already they've, they've got a great win against Malmo as well as he's qualified at home and they've, they've had great crowds and they've had a great CHL experience. You go Group C, which has been the surprise group for me, um, and it's now completely wide open. Scalafia have, have qualified and will qualify as group winners. Um, and then it's Balzano. If, you know, would, they won the EBBL last year. No one really expects them to do much in this group, but they've, they've done well. They could have sealed it uh, tonight. I believe they could have sealed the spot. However, they lost uh, to Tichy of Poland, who's got uh, Poland's first ever win in the CHL. So congratulations to Tichy. The spots left is, is between Balzano and Helsinki. Um, Helsinki, Helsinki, and Balzano have Tichy. Group D, 
you have a bit of a, a surprise. Uh, Eisbar and Berlin have fin- uh, will uh, almost certainly finish bottom of the group. Um, Zug and Kamita Bruno have taken the two berths in that group. Uh, Grodno of Belarus done exceptionally well. Group E, uh, Tapra Tempera have gone through with a game to spare. And the last spot is up for Degarden and Stonama um, for last spot. Uh, Trek have, have been disappointed in their group, but uh, still a good side um, and probably will come back next year uh, strong. Um, group F, uh, Karapat Olu got the qualifying spot as uh, group winner. Yes, the, the last spot is open. After tonight's result, Ruan shocked uh, the Ice Tigers of Nuremberg 4-2 uh, in a packed building in Ruan. So the winner of that going will go through. And I think it's a re- it's a regulation win for Ruan. Um, I think one point will seal it for Nuremberg. Uh, Mountfield, um, probably going to finish bottom and the GM's probably going to come out saying they don't want to play with CHL again. Um, group G, the Cardiff group with SC Bern and Red Bull Salzburg have got the qualifying spot. Group H, the final group, Pilsen. Have um, qualified five wins out of five, and then it's open. You have one of the other three: um, Lejano of Switzerland, uh, Barretts of Slovakia, and the current CHL holders, Yavaskula. One of them three could take that last spot. So there's going to be some interesting game six um, into that uh, group stage. Yeah, I mean, it's always interesting to see the way the CHL pans out. I know that, obviously, Frölunda kind of, the fans often take it as a, uh, you know, they, they always, they, they are the ones that kind of say, we don't know why we're in the CHL, and in fairness, you know, there may be a bit more backing to it than, than us saying we should be in the CHL. I mean, you know, they obviously for a couple of years ago, they were walking it, and, and obviously it's been a bit different now. But it's, it's been interesting to see the way that the fixtures have differed. Obviously, as you say, I, I mean, the big one for me there is Ice Bar and Berlin finishing the bottom of their group. That was certainly unexpected for me. Um, I would have expected Berlin, in fairness, to be looking to get a berth in that one and to be looking to move through to the knockout stages. So, in fairness, to be finishing bottom really does show. Um, but, it, I mean, it, it shows. I mean, you look at the way that the Devils have turned up every game. Um, and they've just missed out on some games. I mean, one goal here, one goal there, maybe the difference between a team finishing bottom of the group and finishing in the playoff rounds and in the, in the knockouts. It, it really is a huge. It really can differ, and, and you know, every goal does count in a tournament like that. And very much so. And one of the things that have blighted the British teams abroad is the slow starts. But two of their three games, um, they've actually took the lead in Burn and in Vexo. So, you, you know, fair play Cardiff. And uh, I, I really hope that the fans really do turn out next week for the last game. Um, yeah, dead rubber, but do you know what? Applaud your guys for their CHL campaign because you've done very well. Um, and as a, as a fan of British hockey, you know, congratulations on, on a good campaign. You know, weren't the playoff berth you wanted, but a great campaign nonetheless. Yeah, Gref, I mean, he's uh, a, a constant debate. I know we mentioned it in, I think, maybe episode one or two. Um, there are always those British fans that say, why are we playing in tournaments like the CHL? I know that Dave's probably going to shake his head, and, and I'm in agreement. What's your opinion of it? I mean, the Devils obviously haven't got, as Dave says, they haven't got the playoff berth that they wanted to, but they've done a stellar job, and I, and I think right now, the depth of the teams, you know, we're showing that, uh, again, as, as Dave said earlier on, the Devils aren't showing that dip that teams often show after they've had that CHL campaign. 
is that a sign of things to come that we're starting to adapt to being able to play that CHL hockey as well? And do you think that it's a, gr a good thing to be involved in? Or do, are you one that thinks that we should kind of look at it and go, no, we'll just stick to domestic? No, I'm all for us. Uh, us as elite participating in the CHL. It's great to see it. I mean, unfortunately, Cardiff haven't had the, the success that they did hope to have had. But, like Grant, you said before, they've been in it, the games. They've, they've been really close ones. I mean, hats off to the Devils fans that have travelled all over everywhere with them. They've been incredible. I mean, I remember watching one of the games and they were still there like half an hour after the game had finished, still singing, Don't Take Me Home. I think it was the third game. Yeah, that's still, that's brilliant, that. I mean, it puts the Elite Leagues back on the map even more. Thanks to even Panthers last season putting us on the map further. I still think it's brilliant for the Elite League to be there. Yeah, I mean... Looking it, over the, the leagues as well, sorry. No, no. Looking, looking over the groups as well. I mean, like you used to both mentioned, the Ice Bear in Berlin. That's one of the... I think that's probably one of the, the big shockers of the, the group stages. They're not getting through. That's just incredible. It shows you how competitive that the tournament is. Yeah, it, it does, and I think from a British perspective, I think you start to see Cardiff contesting against those teams. Obviously, you see Nottingham get to the knockout stages. Um, make no mistake. I mean that. In addition to the obviously, I mean that shows that we're contesting in Europe now. It shows that we're not in a little league. That we're not one of the teams that people go to to retire. And. Um, yeah, I mean, make no mistakes, that's one of the reasons, in addition to obviously how well we did in Budapest last year, I think that's one of the reasons that now you're seeing teams bring in players like Pat Dwyer, Pat bringing in players like Mike Hedden, and bringing in coaches like uh, like Tom Barrasso. Do you know, years ago we wouldn't have made those signings, because we, we, we were the league where players went to retire, or we were the league that players went to get an easy bit of money without having to do much, and now we really are pushing to show that we mean business. <laughs> No, definitely, and it's people have wanted the elite league or the British league to be comparable to the top leagues, and we're probably 10, 20, 30 years, even, maybe even longer, to the likes of the SHL and the KHL. But if we can compete with the likes of the Danish league, which I believe we personally can, as we speak, compete with the Danish league, even compete with the French league, who has you know maybe not big clubs in terms of stature and, and fan base, but have a bigger budget. Um, you know, if we can compete with the the leagues whose countries are in pool A nations and we do it on a regular basis I think that's where it's what we've wanted as fans of hockey in this country we wanted to watch you know I, I, bizarrely I was looking for some old programmes and there was a preview of the, the Manchester Storm part one when they were in the, the European Super League and they were playing the likes of Slavia Prague um, Asbar Kazan and actually beating them um, you know and obviously, if we went a bit sour when the Super League went downhill, but coming back into that kind of notch where we can compete with these countries and could compete with their club teams, we've cried for, out for it for the Yonks and we're slowly starting to get it. And I, I just think it's great. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. Um, one of the leagues that we're seeing players come over from more and more, obviously not directly, but we've seen a lot of, more, lot of players coming from... Um, 
you know, starting in this league, moving to another another league, and then coming over is obviously the NHL. It's the big league. It's the big show. It's the it's the league that one day, hopefully, Liam Kirk will be uh, will be playing in. Um, you know, we you know we're all hoping that. Obviously, any 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 British fan will be hoping that for, for Liam that he can do it. Um, and it's the league that everybody kind of looks towards. Whenever you make that signing, the first thing you look towards is have they had any NHL experience? Have they played in the big league? Um, and I think he's only fitting now. Obviously, we've had a, we've had about a week or so of action from the NHL just to bring that one in a little bit as well. We've not really mentioned it in the first five episodes. So, um, guys, I mean, do you want to start by just going through the teams that we all support? I mean, in fairness, I'm a, I'm a Penguins fan. Um, I think I mentioned it earlier on. In fairness, when I, when we were saying about three peats, but I've been a Penguins fan for I don't, I don't even know how long. In fairness, that's been my NHL team and always will be. Um, Gref. Who is it that yeah. you follow in the NHL? I'm a I'm a Florida fan and I have been for like probably about well over twenty years. I've seen the the good times and the the really bad times. And Dave, what what about you? My my NHL team's based on Long Island. Um, fan of the New York Islanders, probably around the same time in terms of years uh, with Gref. Um, pretty lean. But I have seen this win a playoff series. It's taken a few years, but I've seen it. So um, we've got something to look forward to. Um, but uh, yeah, that's my team um, of the, the Islanders. Griff, do you want to tell us what a playoff series is, or are you not really sure? I know that maybe you don't have <laughs> no, that option. If you go back to 2010, maybe. <laughs> I don't need to go back that far, mate. I can go back. Uh, I can go back past last year and uh, and see two of them, so it's fine. Um, I mean, looking looking at this year, there've been a few big changes. Dave, obviously, the Islanders have been ahead um, once again. The the orange in the headlines has been coming through a little bit in the NHL. Obviously, John Tavares um, maybe giving you the runaround a little bit as a team. Um, but, oh. You know, some other big changes as well. Eric Carlson leaving Ottawa. You see Henrik Zetterberg leaving Detroit to retire and stop playing hockey. Um, a big one for me as a Pens fan, may not be a big one across the league, was Connor Sheary moving to Buffalo. Um, and a huge one, I think, as a whole, um, is Ilya Kovalchuk coming back into the NHL for the LA Kings. Bit of a weird one, um, but there's been some weird results as well. What what are we thinking so far, guys? I'm pretty sure you you both either watched some games or you've certainly been keeping up to date with the scores. Uh, you mentioned the the covers have been a weird one. Um, he kind of dipped off his career. It looked like it was all over when he was at New Jersey, but he's he's been outstanding uh, in the KHL. So he's kind of kept up his game, and you know, LA LA have been kind of won a couple of cups, kind of missing out uh, on 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 long playoff runs a signing that you know you could take a punt it, it makes sense for them and so far he, he's doing he's doing well um, I won't lie the highlight result for me has been against uh, San Jose for the Islanders um, with their star sort of defence um, to shut them out 4-0 uh, and to really give them absolutely nothing um, was, was great to watch um, Barzell being that kid again um, and uh, Lena uh, being the first ever Islanders netminder whose debut gets a shutout, um, 35 uh, shots a for him. Uh, it's, it's good to see. Um, but that's been some you know, crazy results. I know your guys, uh, Joe, had a bit of a, a goal fest against uh, the, the Capitals. Um, and, and Buffalo um, had a couple of good results. There's a lot of indifferent, there's no everyone's getting wins off each other. Um, 
it's been entertaining to watch at the very least. Yeah, it certainly has. I mean, even even teams like Colorado that were that were maybe finishing bottom of the league last year. I mean, Montreal turned us over five one at the weekend. That was a hard one to swallow. Um, but I mean, Colorado turned Philly over five two on the same day. Um, you know, teams like that. I mean, everybody's showing that everybody can contest. You guys obviously lost narrowly to Nashville four three. Dave, so yeah, that was the Islanders. Um, do you know, and Nashville have lost three 0 yesterday to, to Calgary. So again, it's looking kind of similar to the Elite League in that everybody's beating everybody at the moment. It's, it's making it interesting, Gref. It really is. I mean, uh, I'll bring it for the the Sabres perspective. We beat we got the Vegas Golden Knights. We beat them four two, and it was obviously our captain Jack Eichel, Golden Boy. Going two goals, and pretty much the game was in the second period. We had three shots. Our first three shots on Flora all went into the net. That's that's brilliant for us. I mean, as a whole, we only got seventeen shots in the full the full three periods. Two shots in the last period, and this is where Carter Hutton's coming in. He's just playing brilliant. I mean, it's like the first time, and I think it was like a good amount of years, we've actually got a, a 0.500 percentage, which is brilliant for us. We've never really reached that in like, since like the playoff days. Yeah, it's certainly been a great start for you guys. Obviously, you beat the Rangers 3-1 as well. Um, so you know, it, it, it does, it makes it interesting to watch. Um it certainly makes it interesting when it comes down. Obviously, I know we're all ones for putting on accumulators at some at points. We're also ones that for, at times like to put bets on for your outright winners of Stanley Cups. So I'm going to bring it round to a similar question again, boys. Obviously, last year, Washington Capitals get the win. Alex Ovechkin finally gets the monkey off his back and spends about a decade celebrating, um, doing keg stands on the Stanley Cup, getting told off for doing keg stands on the Stanley Cup and then going swimming in fountains in the middle of Washington. Why the hell not? Um, obviously, the year before that was the Penguins and the year before that was the Penguins. Capitals beating us to the three-peat, which makes it so difficult to hear that the Cardiff Devils might be getting it this year. Um... But, yeah, I mean, if we're, if we're looking at the league as it is now, who are we expecting? Who, again, same question, you've got £5 in your hand, you're outside, Lab Brooks. Who's your outright, outright winner for the Stanley Cup? Dave, we'll start with us. We'll start off with you, mate. For ability to celebrate, I'd prefer it on the Capitals. They celebrated <laughs> correctly in every facet. Congratulations, Washington. That's how you do it, boys and girls. Um, but on a serious point, if I've got a five to spend, I'm probably going to go Nashville. I think they've got the team and the playoff experience to go and maybe get past the uh, the final hurdle, which they fell narrowly against uh, your guys. Yeah, this is true. I mean, uh, you know, Nashville have been pushing for the last few years, and they, they were the um, they were obviously the favourites last year in terms of odds. I know all the uh, you know the betting apps and things like that. They all had the worst odds for Nashville to win. Um, in terms of if you were going to put that bet on it wasn't really worth it by the time the playoffs got round I think it was something like 2-1 to one or 3-1 to one that they were, the odds that they were putting on that um, Gref, same question to you obviously who, who, who are you expecting who would you put it on if you had that fiver in your hand uh, I, if they get a better netminder then it probably would be a good shout to put it on the Leafs just because of the firepower at the moment 
I mean, I hate saying that as a, a Buffalo fan with our rivalry that we have with them. It's it's unreal. But if they don't change their net, if they'll get like a better net minder, then I would agree with you too. I would say Nashville. Yeah, I, do you know what? In fairness, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say Nashville. I, I agree with Dave. I think they're going to contest. I, I, I certainly agree with you, Graf, on that. I certainly think that um, the Maple Leafs will be up there. They've obviously got the uh, the nice pick, fresh in his pajamas of uh, of John Tavares. Um, but I do think he's going to help them a lot. You know, obviously they've got Matthews. He's a new. He's, you know, he's still quite a young guy. Obviously, he's still trying to get his experience in the league. So to have a guy like Tavares come in to show him what to do, to show him how it's done, and my God, has he been showing him how it's done already? I mean, he's the second highest goal scorer in the NHL this year. I know it's only early doors, but I mean, he scored a hat trick the other day. He scored two last night. I mean, he's certainly he's certainly showing his value. Um, not to say that he didn't for the Islanders. I mean, I, I texted this to Dave the other day. I think that Barzal can come to town for the Islanders. I think that he can soften the blow. And in fairness, if anything, in the long run, it may actually do them some good to lose him because the spotlight is now on, is now on Barzal, and it, and it's certainly the league. There's a lot of players in the league that are having a spotlight put on them young. Obviously, I mean, you look back through the years. Obviously, Sidney Crosby was one of the first, probably, who had the, the spotlight put on him from such a young age. Obviously, at the time that he came in and was given the captaincy, he was the youngest captain in the NHL. Obviously, you've got Connor McDavid coming in, young guy, and he's really, really making waves at the moment. Uh, Matthews obviously made a lot of waves when he came, and as did Line, and and I think Barzal will, will will do the same. I think he'll um, I think he'll stand out a lot more now that he's not got that he's not got Tavares taking the limelight away from him a little. But uh, that being said, I think it's difficult this year to put your finger on who's going to get it. Um, to be honest with you, I can't see us doing it. I'll put it. I'll put that one out there straight away. We've uh, we've lost Matt Murray as well for the start. I know he's picked up a, a concussion in practice, which is certainly not the best way to start. Um, do you know what? I'm going to go with Tampa Bay. I think that Tampa Bay have, they've contested. Obviously, they contest. You know, they always prove themselves to be a bit of a nuisance in the playoffs, and I, I think this year may be their year. Um. Anybody got any, any other observations that they've seen in the NHL, or are we, uh, you know, are we happy to leave it at that for the time being? Ah, it started well, and uh, let's look forward to seeing uh, another week worth of uh, top end action. Yeah, exactly. Um, right. So, I mean, the only thing left on the agenda is to go through the games that are coming up in the Elite League. As as anybody got the list, Dave? Have you got a list of games that are coming up? I know you're normally my go-to man for a list. I... I do indeed. Um, so let's go. Cardiff Devils v Dundee Stars. Okay, so that is. Da, 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 what date's that? Cardiff Devils Dundee. So that's Sorry. Saturday, isn't it, in Cardiff? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I'll kick that one off. I think Cardiff, without a doubt, are going to get about a three goal lead on that one. I'd say 4 1 to Cardiff. Yes. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. I'd say Cardiff win, and I'd say about 4 or 5 1 win. I'm going to say Cardiff win, but I'm going to say Cardiff win in overtime. Ooh. I felt like that needed some <laughs> some reaction. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we've got to Manchester for the, the Manchester Storm against the Coventry Blaze. Gref, go on, shock us and give us your prediction. I think it'll be a tight game. 
I'd probably say, as much as I don't want it to happen, 4-3 Coventry in overtime. I, yeah. I, I, you know, as much as I like upsetting Greth and saying the other team are going to beat Manchester, I, I think the Storm will do it. I would go, I'd go 3-2 win for the Storm. I'm going to go 5-3 to the Storm. Their banner raiser zone is going to embrace them and it's going to help them um, get the win. Next game, let's go down to Nottingham. Nottingham v Sheffield. Joe. He's just the worst one to pick and I feel like every week I say the Steers are going to get the win this week and then we don't. But I'm going to stick with that broken record track, I think. Barrasso comes in, big first game. Players turn up for the new coach that they know are going to take no nonsense. I'm going to go a Steelers win and I will go... F- I want to say 5-3, but I kind of question whether we've got the scorers to get us up to 5, but I'm going to go with 5-3. I'm going to go 2-1 Steelers win. Give it a tight game, but I think the Steelers are going to get the uh, the points. Gref? Well, last week I said Steelers would win and obviously you didn't. So I'm going to change that and say Panthers will win 3-1. Good, so that when you're the jinx of us winning games then, you know, me and Dave are going to be smiling and you're going to be there sat in your, uh, sat with your storm loss. <laughs> um... <laughs> Next game, Fife against Guildford. Um, two of the form teams so far this year. Uh, Graf, how do you think that's going to go? I think that's going to be a, a Fife win. I'm going to say about 4 2. Joe? Yeah, the pesky Flyers head to the home building in Kakadi. Uh, they've got the best win percentage in the league this year. They haven't actually got a regulation loss. And I think he's going to stay that way. I'm going to agree with Gref there. I'm going to go 4 2 Flyers. I'm going to agree with a pair of you on the score line, but I think it's going to be Guildford that's going to inflict Fife's first uh, league loss of the season. And then the final game on the Saturday is the Glasgow clan against the Belfast Giants. I'm going to start us off and I'm going to go a 4 1 Belfast win. Joe? Yeah, I'd agree. Do you know what, in fairness, I'd agree with you on the score as well. 4-1 Belfast win. i say a couple of goals for Darcy Murphy and a goal for Patrick Dwyer, just to add a few more to the stakes there. Chris? I agree with you both on the, the Belfast win. I'll say I think it's going to be 3-1, actually. Fair dues. So, then moving on to Sunday. Um in Belfast against the Nottingham Panthers. Griff, how's this one going to go? I think this one will be a, a tightly contested game. I'm going to say Belfast by one in overtime. Joe? And go Nottingham 3-2 overtime win. I think um, it's an early face-off. There's not necessarily always a good buzz in the in the SSE arena on a Sunday. You know, we we found la- um, a couple of years ago when we last went, the atmosphere wasn't so great on a Sunday. It was a, it was kind of half empty. Um, not sure whether that's because some of their fans don't turn out for the Sunday fixtures or whether it was just a one-off. But I'm going to go Panthers three-two winning overtime. I'm going to go Belfast two-one in overtime. I think it will be a tight game. Uh, next game, next one in Scotland. It's the Dundee Stars against the Glasgow Clan, and I'm going to go four-two Dundee. Joe. 
Yeah, I'll go um, I'll go three one Dundee. But yeah, I agree with you on Dundee getting the win. Okay, I'm gonna go differently here and say three one to the club. Fair, fair do. So the next game, Coventry against the Storm, Manchester. Griff. This time I'm gonna actually say Storm will win. I'm gonna say it'll be four two. Joe? Uh, Storm head to the Sky Dome. Sky Dome's obviously got a good atmosphere. A bit, you know, we've said numerous times already. It's the building that they're really stepping it up in at the moment. Um, I'm gonna go 4-2 win for Coventry. I think. I'm gonna go with a, a three-nil Coventry win. Um, yeah, it's. I don't know, I think Coventry will definitely get the win in there at that building. So next one, Guildford against the Fireflies again. After playing them in Kabaddi on the Saturday, back down to the, the spectrum. How's it going to go, Graf? I think in this one it's going to be a Guildford win. I'm going to say 3-2. I'm going to go 4-1 uh, to the Flames. Joe? Yeah, I think this time, I think this is the game that Flive get their first regulation loss in the league. Um, I believe, I think it'll go 5-4 to the Flames. And the final game on Sunday is in Milton Keynes as they host the Cardiff Devils. I'm going to go 3-1 Cardiff. I, I can't see them doing a Nottingham. But then again, Milton Keynes could prove wrong, but it's tough all this time. Joe? Um, yeah, I'd like to see a similar result from Milton Keynes as to they got against the Panthers on Sunday just gone. I can't see it happening, if I'm honest. Um, yeah. I know it's in MK, so I think it's going to be a bit closer than it would be if it was in Ice Arena, Wales. But still going to go Cardiff win. Um, yeah, I agree. Uh, we'll go with 3-1 win for Cardiff. Okay, yeah, I'm going to say Cardiff win as well. I'm going to say 4-1. Fair enough. And they are the games for this weekend coming up. Yeah. So, uh I think, gentlemen, I think that brings us to a close this week. Just one added side note, um, it looks like the Giants have got the win against Guildford. Close game, it looks like Guildford got a, game, a goal fairly late on, but it was a 3-2 win for the Giants there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, in fairness, I think that was probably the way that the game would have panned out for all of us. I think a game in, in Belfast against Guildford, maybe a bit closer than we'd have thought, but a good result for both teams, in fairness, there, I think. Um... Yeah, I just say I think that I think that pretty much wraps us up. Um, obviously, as we always say, keep sending us in your feedback, keep giving us your opinions on what we're saying. Obviously, if you disagree with anything that we've said, by all means, let us know, um, and keep asking us questions on social media as well. It's at MFZ Podcast on Twitter, and it's My Fancy Zamboni Podcast on Facebook. Obviously, now as well, you can find us on a few different platforms. So we have the anchor. Um, platform that obviously we share the link on on Facebook and Twitter but we then also are available on Spotify on iTunes podcasts and on Google podcasts as well is that right Dave um, yeah so yeah so keep giving us a follow keep sharing tell your friends um, keep giving us your opinions and thank you very much for listening to my fancy Zamboni so Greth thank you very much for joining us thank you for having me and Dave thank you very much Thank you very much. And thank you from myself as well. As I say, keep listening to my fancy Zamboni. Thank you very much.